Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Chasing the Chip, episode 22. I am your host, Moise, as always, alongside my co-host, Dre. How you doing, Dre? I'm alright, man. How are you? I'm good. Uh, you know, had the long weekend, Labor Day, got to rest up, get back to it. But now, we will not be without football for a single weekend until February. More importantly, this weekend, we got the first game, and uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are coming to town. Yeah. I'm very excited for this game. Uh, it feels like it can go in a lot of different directions, and there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of reasons that is, so let's get into it. First thing I want to talk about are the guys who aren't playing, ironically enough, <laughs> uh, because Curtis Samuel seemed like he was on the right path, and then today, retweaked the groin and is probably going to be out for at least one or two more weeks. It's, uh, it's a really bad sign because a lot of other guys who come to mind when uh, with this kind of start to their career here usually don't pan out very well. I mean, yeah. uh, Paul Richardson, Terrell Pryor, uh, other guys. Yeah, but, it, you know, it's kind of crazy to even put a guy like Curtis Samuel in that, you know, that category with some of those bums. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's more talented than most than both yeah, of those yeah. guys, but, like, at the same time, if you can't stay healthy, you can't stay healthy. And I don't think Curtis Samuel, like off the top of my head, I'm not 100% sure. I don't think he was ever like some injury-prone player. Uh, I mean, he played running back in college. He seems to be a very tough player. He played through injury a couple times. But a groin is not something you can really play through because it kind of inhibits yeah. your running. It inhibits like route running. It inhibits pretty much every part of being a receiver. I, I, I don't know what to expect at this point. I mean, I'm not a doctor and I'm not there. So yeah. if I had to guess, he's probably not going to play this week. He didn't participate today in practice, and we're, what, four days away from game time? Yeah. How big of a loss do you think Curtis Samuel is if he's not playing? Um, Honestly, I don't think it's too big of a loss because we've been practicing without him, and, you know, we're used to playing without him. We got some of the same guys on the squad, and, you know, we uh, even added a guy like Diami, who I think could have a very, very good debut. So I'm not too worried about it. Uh, it definitely sucks, like you said, just, you know, knowing some of the other guys we've had here and how they started and just having a guy like Curtis Samuel kind of sit on the sidelines. But I'd rather, you know, save him till he's healthy and hopefully we can get the dub without him. But I think that with or without him, this game can go either way. And it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out. And speaking on that, I definitely think there's a big reason we can come away with that dub. And that's yeah. after looking at the injury report. I don't know if you saw this. Another did not participate today yeah. was Austin Eckler, who is a uh, very important player for the Chargers. He's had, yeah. I think I saw a stat today that yards after catch, he leads all players over the last two years with 1,400, which is insanity. He's a very dynamic player, very fast, yeah. uh, good hands for a running back. And we've struggled containing some running backs uh, last year, especially. Hopefully with some improved linebacker play, it's not as big of an issue, but uh, <laughs> fingers, crossed, fingers crossed, you know, yeah, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, he's definitely would have been a huge difference maker. Uh, and if he's out on Sunday, that's a big deal for us because that limits their yeah. offense a significant amount. Uh, I think just off the top of my head, it's like Roundtree and uh, Josh Kelly are their other two running backs. Yeah. Holy shit. How many was that? Uh, Yo, CW hey, just gifted 10. ten subs. Yo, this guy Holy CW, shit. you're you're crazy, my you're brother. Insane. We appreciate you. We love you, sure. man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's so, uh, Josh Kelly and uh, Roundtree are their other two running backs. They're definitely not terrible, but yeah. they're not Austin Eckler. Uh, they chose yeah. Austin Eckler over Melvin Gordon, I think, last off season, and for good reason. I mean, hey, Mel it's kind of crazy, though, you know, not to cut you off, but it's kind of crazy though because it's looking like. They the same reason that they picked him over Melvin Gordon is kind of starting to bite him in the ass. That's what I was gonna say. Yep. Again. Gordon had his injury history, and uh, unfortunately, it seems like Eckler is heading in the same direction. Hopefully, it's not recurring, and uh, it's just out this week because that helps us. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a loss for both teams offensively. Yeah. So, uh, but it's I'm there's still a lot in this game, even if those guys are out, because yeah, although. LA has weapons and they have Justin Herbert, who's obviously a stud at quarterback. Hey, man, that's my guy. Love that guy. <laughs> I'm still not a hundred percent sold on their coaching hire, and it's his coaching debut as a head coach. Who's the, who's the coach again? Brandon Staley, I think is his name. Uh, oh, okay. he was the Rams yeah, yeah. defensive coordinator last year. Yeah, I, I like the guy, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean it's always 
it's hard to evaluate because it's going to be his first game as a head coach. So yeah. you never know like what's going to happen. Their issues a lot stemmed from defense last year, so I understand why they did it. Going from Anthony Lynn, who was an offensive guy, yeah. to Brandon Staley to kind of bolster it, let almost let Justin Herbert lead the way because you trust him that much, which is crazy. Uh, but he definitely seems to fit the bill. There were two major statistical categories last year where Justin Herbert was insane, and I think that's part of the reason they just kind of are like, we trust you to do whatever. Yeah. Third downs and uh, under pressure. He had the best under pressure rating on PFF since Ben Roethlisberger in 2012, which is unthinkable because you have guys like Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson who have to run for their yeah. lives and throw under pressure all the time. <laughs> uh, that's... I don't know how sustainable that is, and uh, yeah. especially against our defensive front, who is going to be – they have an improved offensive line, but it's definitely still an issue, and it's their first time playing together as well. Um, our D-line, probably going to have Herbert on the run a little bit. He's going to yeah. be under pressure. He might be in some long third downs. Those are some things that might scare you uh, if you're a Washington fan this week, right? Yeah, especially because uh, what's the news on William Jackson the third? Because the last I heard on him, you know, it was still kind of up in the air, just like Curtis Samuel. I definitely expect him to play, you know, despite uh, what, what Curtis is going through. But I think that, you know, maybe he's limited or maybe there's a chance that he doesn't play or, you know, maybe because he's still kind of dealing with some things, he's not 100%. So that's also something that you got to take into consideration. And like you said, mm -hmm. third downs, no matter the defensive coordinator, no matter the guys who we have on the field, they've always kind of scared me. And then when you put a quarterback like Justin Herbert out there, you know, that that's really just scary. And, you know, outside of being a Washington fan, I look forward to it because I'm a Herbert fan. But mm -hmm. as a Washington fan, like I said, despite having – you know, the defensive talent that we have, like, that's scary. And uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what they do and how Herbert handles the pressure. And mm -hmm. the matchup that I say I'm looking for, I, I, you know, I'm interested to see how Rashawn Slater, if he plays, oh, how yeah. he matches up against, you know, a guy like Chase Young, because they even said, like, um, that uh, Rashawn, Rashawn Slater is considered to be the guy who can tame Chase and all this other stuff. So it's definitely interesting to see if he can, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, do what he did in college right. in the league. And uh, real quick, shout out Love a Key for the follow in one bit. Really appreciate yeah. it. Uh, on Rashawn Slater, I mean, I said this back after the draft yeah. when we went through our review. I, you know who's probably thinking a lot about hearing that? And 28 more bits. We appreciate you, Love a Key. Love a Key, I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, yeah. So, you know who else has heard all offseason that uh, Rashawn Slater locked up Chase Young? Yeah. Chase Young. Chase Young. <laughs> so, if there is ever a week to go out and chase to prove he's one of the premier players in the NFL, or is at least going to be, this is going to be the week to make his statement. Because uh, sure. you want to have some sort of redemption and a chip on your shoulder when it comes to that kind of thing. And the elite players usually do. Chase Young definitely is an elite player, and he definitely has that chip on his shoulder. So, I'm looking forward to that matchup as well. Uh, just as an aside, William Jackson, he's not listed on the injury report, but like you said, it still could be hampering him and we don't really know. Thank you, Jimmy, for the 46 bits. We appreciate you. Um, another thing is I'm not super, super scared about their receivers aside from Keenan Allen. I think a lot yeah. of people tend to underrate Keenan Allen because he is, you know, injured pretty much 14 games a year unfortunately he uh he is maybe a top 10 receiver when healthy he's uh he's yeah. ridiculously good at pretty much everything he's strong he can run routes really well he's fast despite all the lower body injuries and he has great hands thank you to drew the plug for 100 bits <laughs> uh so i don't uh hopefully there's a good game plan it seems like our secondary is much improved, with obviously with the additions of Benjamin St. Juice, uh, William Jackson, who we mentioned earlier, Cam Curl, and Landon Collins coexisting. I'm very interested to see how Landon Collins looks in live play. Yeah, Looked pretty good in the preseason. Looked like he bounced back. Looked a little bit quicker as well, which is really, really good, if that's the case. Um, and there's a lot of versatility in that unit as well, because if you need to, you can slide uh, Landon or Cam Curl to the Buffalo nickel, put Fuller at free safety. You can kick Fuller inside to the nickel. There's so many options in the secondary that it just feels like by nature of existence with a lot of yeah. these guys, the defense will be improved. 
Often, I think the only, I was just going to say, I think the only thing that stops us is potential injuries, and hopefully it doesn't come down to that. But the sky's the limit for this defense, and it's really just injuries that's going to hold them back. Knocking over twice for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do it like the only other thing that does concern me is yeah. for our offense, I want to see how Antonio Gibson, how his health is, because. He didn't look as fast in the preseason as he did at the end of last year. And it seems like the toe, hopefully not, might still be hammering him. Yeah. It seems like he's he's making cuts just fine, but he's not. It doesn't seem like he's running full speed. But again, could just be it's the preseason and he's not taking it super seriously. I mean, I'm, I'm also hoping the same for Jamin Davis, who did not look super great in uh, early on in the preseason. But yeah, I'm, I think, good. yeah, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think with Jamin or Jamin, you know what I'm trying to say? I think with him, it's more of like kind of just being a rookie and going through the motions. Because even in college, he didn't have too many reps and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think he's more of a developmental player than we expected. But I think the team knew the type of play that they were getting. And a lot of us don't necessarily agree with it. Doesn't mean that we dislike the player or that we're rooting against him. It's just kind of like we know what this team needed. And I think the sky's the limit for Jamming. So, you know, it, it does suck a little bit that he may be on a more on the developmental side than we wanted, but definitely if he, you know, kind of peaks like a Montez Sweat or even a Chase Young, you know, a couple games in, then that's great and no worries. Right, and especially I'm more concerned about his coverage than anything else because yeah. if he can cover over the middle, then we're chilling because his defense will be probably a top two unit. Uh, I'm scared for that uh, Kyle Pitts matchup token. Kyle gave him the work in college. Kyle Pitts gave everybody the work in college. So, yeah. yeah I know, but it was looking bad on them highlights. Which... I, I, it would be interesting to see, but I just don't – I can't take the Falcons seriously no matter what I do. So, I just like – I'm kind of looking past them almost, even though we're not even at that point yet. But it will be a fun matchup for sure. Sticking on this week, though, uh, one other thing that I was looking at is – I want to see Cam Sims because Ryan Rivera and Ryan Fitzpatrick have been very complimentary of Cam Sims most of the offseason. Had that one fumble in the preseason, but outside of that, he looked all right. I think he could be in for a pretty big year, especially if Curtis Samuel isn't healthy. He's probably your wide receiver too. Uh, Diami, probably tertiary, maybe Adam Humphreys in that slot early on. All these guys kind of rotating in and out. But uh, that and special teams. Because our special teams have kind of been atrocious the last couple of years. This year, the back end of the roster seemed to kind of prioritize special teams, which we will talk about a little more. If it doesn't work, then you can question like the decisions. And you know, if you keep Troy Apke for special teams and your special team still sucks, what the hell are we doing here, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah, um, yeah, like you said. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, with that, do you want to move into the uh, reacting to the 53-man uh, initial roster? Yeah. All right. So I'll read them off, and we can kind of go by position. Quarterbacks, pretty much exactly what we expected, right? Uh, yeah. Cap three, Steven Montez is out of here. Uh, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, Heineke, Allen. Makes sense. Uh, definitely, seems definitively... Fitz one, Heineke two, Allen three. <laughs> Dre, Dre is clearly not happy about that, but you know we'll make it work for this year. Hopefully, it, yeah. uh, it works out. Could definitely look for an upgrade in the offseason, but yeah, that's what we're rocking with this year. Uh, running backs. This one was a little bit of a surprise, but yeah. in a good way because it's Gibson, Patterson, yeah. and McKissick. Meaning Peyton Barber is gone. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm so shocked. Like, I didn't think Ron had the balls to do it. Like, the way they was capping for Barber. But honestly, to me, that just kind of shows that the the uh, local media do not know what the hell they be talking about. No. They did all that capping. Oh, Ron loves him. There's no chance. And look at what happened. Same right. thing with the name and all this other stuff. So now I just, I you know, some of the guys who was putting the press on it already didn't really care for them. <laughs> and then just, you know, after that, it's just like, yeah, I've been new that you weren't too trustworthy. And, mm-hmm. you know, that just kind of proved it right. But I'm so happy for Patterson. I don't know how much play he'll get, but I'm so happy that they gave him a chance because he definitely earned it. Absolutely. Really, really good. Probably one of the best running backs in preseason across the NFL. Yeah. Uh, definitely had a really, really good showing. Shout out Love a Key for another 37 bits. We appreciate you. 
Uh, McKissick, I think, is in for not as big of a year as last year. And I also think they kept Patterson around, not just for this year as like a special team player. Yeah. I think he's his long t- uh, McKissick's long-term replacement because yeah. McKissick is up at the end, contract up at the uh, end of this year, unless he has another ridiculous like 85 catches or something crazy, which probably won't happen because Alex Smith is no longer our quarterback. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's probably out the door, but uh, he's definitely done some good things, so it's good to keep him around this year. I think Patterson got to work on his hands, though, if that is their goal. Had those two drops the last preseason game. Not to say that they're bad, but definitely need some work if you're going to take over for, you know, a guy like McKissick and uh, even the guy who, you know, like McKissick, he took over for TT. So with guys like that, I want to see a running back who can consistently catch and we don't really have to worry about it. You know, there is going to be times where you miss the catch and you miss a couple plays, but no worries. But I just can't say for sure I'm too certain that, Every single time, you know, like at least 90% of the time that Jared Patterson is going to make that catch and play running-wise, um, no worries. Like, he can do that. Like, he's that guy. And I don't even understand how he was undrafted because he was that guy in college, too. Yeah, he played at, a, you know, a kind of smaller school, but he was that guy. Didn't he have, like, seven touchdowns in the game or something like that? He had eight touchdowns and I think 450 yeah, like, on yards in one game, which is insanity. <laughs> at running back? I mean, it's not like there's white running backs taking his spot. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I'm glad he went undrafted because we got yeah. him. Uh, so that's always nice. And uh, we actually had a couple of other seventh round picks not make the roster, which was interesting. Uh, but let's go to let's stick on offense. We'll go to wide receiver. Because um, uh, wide receiver, it happened, Dre. It happened. <laughs> oh, Lord. It happened. Uh, we got Terry McLaurin. We got Cam Sims. Dax Milne, DeAndre Carter, Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown, and Adam Humphreys. You know who's not on this roster? <laughs> oh, God. Go for it. I'll let you have Antonio Gandy-Golden <laughs> is not on the roster. Praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's great. Like, we actually have receivers capable of doing things on an NFL field. I'm glad Ron and co. decided to... Yeah, not to just use a roster spot for somebody purely that is potential and can't really produce right away. Yeah, Didn't do that in other spots, but definitely did it at wide receiver. Uh, DeAndre Carter will be your kick returner, punt returner. That's what he was brought in for. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. Not to cut you off, but DeAndre Carter in number one is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. I just gross. had to throw that out there. Oh, yeah. It's, it's gross. gross. Very Speaking of so. disgusting numbers, before he got cut, Peyton Barber and Chris Thompson's number was also really, really gross. I don't know who let him wear 25. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the wide receiver group, definitely very solid. Uh, got a lot of proven talent and a lot of veteran talent. It's a lot older than it was last year when you, with the addition of Humphreys and Carter and, you know, Curtis Samuel. But uh, And Terry McLaurin just being old <laughs> as a young player. It kind of sucks, but, you know, it's fine. Oh, let's go. Jimmy's not going to watch the game. That means we win. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? We move. <laughs> We move. Must love to you, though, Jimmy, but you're jinx. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. When Jimmy tried to tell me he was going to get into baseball, I just told him not to because he would curse the Nationals. So, <laughs> Shit, you know. at this point, he might be the, the, the good jinx that they need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't want him to jinx the rebuild. It's going to take twice as long if Jimmy starts recruiting for them. <laughs> we love you, Jimmy. But sorry. Yeah, we love you, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so the wide receiver group. A lot more proven, pretty good. Any thoughts on it? Uh, no, I mean it's pretty most of what we expected. I, oh, I will say I like that they kept Dax and yes, like I said, my only complaint is DeAndre Carter having number one. That's just disgusting. But <laughs> otherwise, I like the group and health wise, I think that they could do some good things. I will say though, I'm still not the biggest fan of Campsons. I think that he can make some plays, but overall, I think that his role and everything he does is a tad overrated you know in in the fan standpoint but mm-hmm. I think he's a baller in the sense of you know he doesn't stop trying to make plays and even when he makes some bad plays he doesn't give up so I you know I respect that and I love him for that so definitely excited to see what this wide receiver core can do because I a have a better. lot of respect for Cam Sims just because yeah. you know he stuck around as an undrafted free yeah. uh, free agent rookie for like four years and grinded yeah. his way from like a special teams player like, to a rotation more, wide receiver yeah. like it's impressive yeah, this is more of my issue. I stand this man <laughs> for like two years. He didn't do shit. Then I hopped off hurt. the bandwagon. And, and now I'm sounding like Jimmy, but I hopped <laughs> off the bandwagon and he wants to go for a semi-decent season. Then mm-hmm. 
But like I said, it's no, it's no hate towards this guy. He's definitely a baller. And I just think sometimes that the fan base, and this is with every single player on the team, and we've seen it so much with this mid-ass guy we call the starting <laughs> quarterback. But, you know, the fan base can just be a little much sometimes. But oh, yeah. I'm rooting for all these guys on the team outside of the quarterbacks. And I think another thing about Cam Sims is that he made Antonio Gandy-Golden uh, expendable. So, yeah. you know, double respect you... for Cam Sims. <laughs> yeah, I'm not an AGG hater, but I think you only really need one of those type of wide receivers because it's too much of a gamble. And it was kind of the same thing with a guy like Kelvin Harmon. Like, I don't, you know, Harmon has so much potential coming out of school, but when he was on the field, he just couldn't seem to get it. And it just gets to a point where you can only make but so many plays with your size and, you know, relying on the 50-50 balls. And we've even seen it with a guy like Kenny Galladay. You know, a lot of people like to put Kenny on this pedestal, and Kenny is a much better wide receiver than these guys for sure. But it's just, you know, sometimes when you match up Kenny to some of these more complete wide receivers, it kind of becomes a question of can he do all the things that they do? Can he make all the plays that they can? Mm-hmm. He's not a... He's definitely not like the smoothest route runner or anything. Yeah. Holiday. And I think we'll kind of see that more. And we'll talk about it more next week uh, before the Giants matchup. But if he's playing, because I think he's still hurt, weirdly for them. Look, both NFC East teams got some things going on at the wide receiver position. That's true. That's true. There's a lot of uh, flux there. It's also interesting cause, because uh, if you think back to free agency, these guys took forever to sign. Like, uh, I remember the wide receiver market was moving very slowly and nobody really knew yeah. why. And uh, now nobody's healthy. So that might have been a slight indication that something was up. But uh, hindsight's always twenty twenty, I guess. Yeah. So let's move into the other pass catching uh, area. And that would be the tight end. <laughs> I didn't want to laugh, but I know exactly what you're laughing at. Somebody in chat just says, what is this? <laughs> what am I subscribed to this? Hey, uh, you were gifted a sub, man. Yeah, CW gifted you a sub, but, so congrats. But you it's had a to sports be talk program. So I don't think so. you have to be following because uh, I think we have more subs than we have followers. So oh well, shit. <laughs> so welcome, uh, XX Too Tall XX. We uh, we're talking about DC sports, and uh, if you like that or any sports, be sure to follow Phantom Sportsnet on Twitch. Good time to plug. Thank Twitter. you. Twitter at Phantom Sportsnet, Phantom Sports Network on Twitch. Sorry. And I'm about to plug myself. Follow me at Drew the Plug. On there Twitter and Instagram and there everything else. <laughs> but if you enjoy the stream, stick around and uh, use the Phantom emote. It's cool. Uh, yeah, so tight ends. We got four. Got four. And uh, a lot of people only expected three. But we got four. John Bates, draft pick, obvious. Logan Thomas, you know, just got extended. Very obvious. Dree the plug, gifting 100 more bits. Obvious. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Thank you, Dree. Uh, and uh, Ricky Seals-Jones. Probably the biggest surprise. Samus Reyes was always kind of be like, not a roster lock, but you know, you expect him to be on the roster just because he has insane upside. And a lot of yeah. other teams wanted this guy, so he wasn't going to make it through waivers. The biggest surprise here to me was Ricky Seals Jones, just because, you know, he's, uh, he's an okay, you know, veteran. He's just kind of, I think he's the second tight end on the roster right now. Yeah. He's a veteran. He has, you know, I think he was a wide receiver in college at AM. So definitely has the pass catching ability. I don't know how he is as a blocker. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not too invested in Ricky Seals Jones. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Honestly, the tight ends were tad disappointing. Like just going into the season as a whole, it was just kind of disappointing. I think a guy like Bates, developmental guy, and you know they kind of talk so much about his hands, but I haven't seen that from him yet. Then you have a guy like Samish who has so much potential, but I don't think he's there at all yet, and I think he has a very long way to go. And then I think the Ricky Seals Jones addition was just kind of to make up for the fact that, you know, Bates and uh, Reyes isn't the pass catcher that you want them to be. But I just feel like it's kind of a waste of a roster spot or even two just to have all those tight ends. But I think it's, you know, at the same time, I understand it because they definitely like to use the tight end position a lot, but it just feels like to me, well, you know, some of the guys that we cut, we probably could have kept them over, you know, some of these Jags at the, at the tight end position. And I, and I don't want to dish to the guys because two of them are rookies, but it's just like, I feel like there's some guys that we cut that could have helped with the production more than these guys can. But obviously the season can go anyway. We might see a breakout Samus Reyes, you know, season, maybe even a John Bates season and can make me eat my words. But <laughs> I just think four tight ends was a tad too much. And I'm honestly shocked that Reyes didn't end up going on IR, but 
I guess they want to give him a shot, and I won't be surprised if that comes a little bit down the line. Because when they made that move, uh, for I forget who was the player, but when they made the move and it ended up being Forrest, I thought that it might have might have ended up being Samus, but it ended up being Derek Forrest, which was a tad bit of a shock. But at the same time, you know they have a plan and they're sticking with it. So, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I'm intrigued because I, I I still think Samus. Probably a good blocker, just because you're, yeah. you know, he's big and strong. So he's, you don't have to ask a ton of him. Just keep the guy in front of you. If he's gonna be able to block, like Aaron Donald, probably not. But uh, <laughs> Joey Bosa also probably not. But uh, I think he's like a good rotational piece even now. Like probably can't run routes very cleanly. Probably can't do catch the balls very cleanly. Uh, didn't see a lot of that in preseason at all. So definitely still got a ways to go. But you know, reliance on upside. Yeah. Um, it's hard to be mad at that as well because you know you want young guys to yeah. keep for the future. So hopefully, yeah, and that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, like I said, I don't really like keeping four tight ends, but at the same time, I understand it, especially because I know that they have a plan and they're trying to stick with it. And a guy like Samus, with all that potential, you don't kind of want him to run away. Mm-hmm. But that's why I just said I was a tad and bit shocked. Can, you can have that flexibility yeah. uh, if you cut the fourth bum ass running back. So that's nice. Yeah, and <laughs> honestly, I, I definitely see that happening after a week or two. They're probably, you know, it's going to get to a point where they don't want to keep four. And, you know, it's kind of the same as I think I believe last year we kept seven wide receivers. And then as the season went on, they kind of cut guys. So yeah, and I won't be surprised out. at all. Yeah, I won't be surprised at all. If this is how it ends up going. Be interesting. Uh, so let's finish out the offense and go with the O-line. They kept quite a few uh, O-linemen. And I, yeah. think we, I think we both nailed this one, actually, because uh, I think we just got it all right. Tyler Larson, Wes Schweitzer, Charles Leno Jr., uh, Chase Roulier, Brandon Sheriff, Sam Cosby, Sadiq Charles, Cordelius Lucas, and Eric Flowers. And it's good depth. Uh, Eric Flowers, probably your starting left guard. Uh, left tackle is Leno. Center, Roulier, right guard, Sheriff. Right tackle, Cosme, to start out. Uh, with Larson, his backup interior. Uh, Charles is kind of backup interior and uh, tackle a little bit, and then Schweitzer back up interior as well. A lot of flexibility, a lot of uh, it seems like upgrades at some of the interior at the left guard at least because Flowers came in and beat out Schweitzer for the job, which is nice. And now we finally got some depth there. Yeah, we got an insane amount of depth actually. Like, there's a lot of names here that I would probably just not expect uh, yeah. to have on the roster. Like two years ago, I don't think the only guy who was on the roster were Roulier and Sheriff. And yeah. flowers, I guess, but you know he left the game. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of crazy. The the starting the yeah. <laughs> middle three O linemen came back, but uh, out the tackles have just kind of been a revolving door. Still miss you, Trent. <laughs> Very much. But so. um, hopefully Cosme's the future, and though him and uh, Sadiq Charles, they're who I'm looking forward to seeing most. I think we know what we're getting from Eric Flowers. I think we know what we're getting from Brandon Sheriff, all, you know, controversy and everything aside. I think we obviously know what we're getting from our center, Roulier. So he's kind of, those two are definitely the guys I want to see. I want to see how Cosme matches up against some of these guys in the first week. I want to see, because they keep harping on uh, Sadiq's uh, versatility. So I want to see that come into play. I want to see him be healthy more than anything, though, right. because he has all the potential in the world, but that doesn't matter if you can't stay on the field. So hopefully we see him healthy and, you know, out there and getting some decent reps against these guys and, you know, hopefully doing a good job of it, at it. Regardless sure. of the position he plays. I remember coming out, I saw somebody uh, who trained Sadiq Charles say he has the body of a Greek god. He just needs the mentality to match it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, definitely has that upside. I am, honestly, I wasn't that concerned until I saw him play, but uh, Charles Leno, we need you, buddy. Please don't, please don't be a bum. <laughs> yeah, uh, the ghost of Morgan Moses hopefully doesn't haunt us there. But <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I think that's a little bit, you know, a little bit of Moses disrespect. I, I, not to say that Moses is so good, but I felt I felt a little bit more comfortable in Moses than I do in Leno. And uh, yeah, hopefully that's that. Hopefully he at least matches his level of play. Otherwise, yeah. the move was dumb. But uh, hopefully, uh, that's all yeah. we can really say. <laughs> that's all you can say. Because uh, they do have some good edge rushers for the Chargers, so uh, we're de- he's definitely going to have a test week one, come week one. And uh, the O line is probably what I'm most. Worried oh about. my God! Speaking of the week one test, out here seeing tweets of Charles Leno neutralizing Joey Bosa. 
Joey Bosa's gonna neutralizing dominate. Joey Bosa, Charles Leno. Joke of the week. <laughs> it will be a good test for uh Cosby. Yeah. No diss, no diss though. No, no diss. No diss. <laughs> don't be a... out trying to DM me. <laughs> 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 don't DM me. Don't DM Dre. Okay. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so it is a good test for Cosme because they do have a good D-line. And, uh, you know, trial by fire. It worked with Brandon Sheriff. I think he had to guard Aaron Donald uh, week two of his NFL career. Definitely did wonders for him. He's now first-team All-Pro. So trial by fire. You know, Cosme's been going up against Chase Young and Montez Sweat for the last two months. Hopefully he can put that to use and uh, help stop at least partially the very talented uh, defense of the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to defense of our own, though, because a lot of controversy here as well. And let's start with the biggest one, because I was at cornerback. Got William Jackson, Benjamin St. Juice, Kendall Fuller, Troy Apke, Daryl Roberts, and Tory McTire. Now, there was one name that we mentioned a whole bunch, assuming he would make the roster, and he did not. And that would be Jimmy's namesake, Jimmy Moreland. Uh, <laughs> he was under, you know... A success story in a way, right? Seventh round pick at a JMU. Played here for a couple years. Starting Started at nickel last year. This preseason, they played him a little more outside, which I think means they didn't like what they saw in the slot last year. So they were trying to find a way to use him. Which is so crazy because he had such a... Well, I don't think it was that much of an amazing year, but by the numbers, it was. He had a pretty but solid year it, last year. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it has more to do with them liking Kendall there than necessarily him though. Right. I think that's, I don't think this is a, at all a indictment of Jimmy Moreland who is yeah. now with the Texans. I believe he got claimed to. So I'm sorry to Jimmy Moreland. Uh, <laughs> that sucks for you, but I, it's, it seems like it was just harder to make the team this year. Uh, like you have a guy like McTire who is not a vet, but you know, he's been around probably like around the same amount of time as Jimmy Moreland. And he played pretty damn well uh, in the preseason and what sounded like all the practice. So it's hard to like, like it's hard to say he didn't deserve a roster spot. And then Daryl Roberts, you could say was iffy, but I, yeah. I didn't honestly I didn't watch a lot of the uh, the fourth the third preseason game. I just kind of turned it off in the second half because it was just kind of an embarrassment. But apparently Daryl Roberts played well uh, and that helped him secure a roster spot. Yeah, honestly, I think I still would have preferred Jimmy over Daryl, but I think kind of special teams and some of those things kind of come into play. But shout out to Tory McTire. Like, he's he was crazy, especially the day I went to training camp. He was very good, and he definitely worked his way up and earned it. But like I said, the Troy Apke and, you know, the Roberts was a little bit of a question mark with a guy like Jimmy Moreland. But they've been putting the press on special teams, so I can't say I'm too surprised. And it's it's not a bad thing. To, uh, yeah. to prioritize special teams, but it just has to work, and that's why yeah. Troy Apke, like I said, is on the roster. He's if he's taking snaps for you at corner, uh, we're having issues. Yeah, but, and I will say this: like you know, this fan base loves to you know ride around sometimes, but I think if this Troy Apke experiment doesn't work, he's gonna get some nasty, nasty words from a lot of this fan base. Better not see no missed tackles on special. Yeah, I was gonna say at this point, I I, I really don't care. I'm not you know, crying or losing sleep over losing Jimmy Moreland. Yeah, there's a couple guys that I wouldn't have kept over him, but to me, it's not the end of the world. And we still got some pretty good guys at cornerback, at safety that can, you know, play either spot. So for me, it's not the end of the world, but I definitely think for you to keep Troy Alfie around this long, it has to work and can't be no more excuses. Right. I agree. And that's, let's move into safeties next. You didn't mention them and you mentioned some guys who could play corner. Uh, I think what you're talking about is Bobby McCain. We can play both. Uh, you also have DeShazer Everett, special teams captain, by the way, which is cool. Uh, Landon Collins, Cam Curl, and Derek Forrest. This means no Jeremy Reeves, and this means uh, who's the other guy? Cole Luke, who also was like a, a training camp and uh, preseason standout. No, who the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, he played pretty well in the uh, in practice and preseason from what I saw. But yeah, so he, he was like an old lineman or something. <laughs> no, 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 he was safety, I think. But uh, yeah, they're they're both gone. Uh, I don't think you can really be surprised. I think Reeves was brought back to be on the practice squad already. Uh, I'll look more into that in a second. I, I think I have a picture in here somewhere. But the guys who we did keep, Everett, you know, special teams captain, special teams ace, probably the second best special teams player you have beside Tressway. 
and you know, or maybe third behind Troy Apke. But uh, good player, good backup free safety as well. Played well last year in that role until he got hurt. Uh, Landon Collins, you're hoping for the bounce back here. Cam Curl, great rookie season. McCain is interesting and Forrest is interesting because I, we knew McCain was going to make the roster just because you don't pick up a free agent who got cut by somebody else yeah. to just cut him again. That's uh, that'd be a little pointless. But uh, you know, I want to see how they use him because yeah. he does have a lot of flexibility. He does make a lot of good plays. And uh, seems to be like a vocal leader. And I don't know how much of that role he was taking here because he just got here. But uh, seems like a difference maker on defense, to say the least. Forrest played like trash uh, most of the preseason. Hopefully he doesn't do that in the season. I don't. Well, he's he on might... IR now. Oh, is he on IR? Yeah, they brought they took, put him on IR for David Mayo. David Mayo. Okay, that's right. They brought in because they only kept four linebackers. Yeah. So, yeah, he, they put him on IR. Which is a good thing because you don't want him playing right now. So yeah, <laughs> uh, let's move into linebackers then because uh, it's that Hunt. is it's good. No, I was gonna say outside of quarterback, and it might be even worse than quarterback. That is a very very and or tight end too. That is a very very disgusting room. And, <laughs> it's not that bad. Uh, I mean, shout out to Cole Holcomb, and Holcomb I mean obviously the rook, good. the rook Davis, and I I don't dislike Bostic too much, but outside That's of those three out of the guys, four guys. But that's not it was yeah. <laughs> But, but yeah. I'm saying like I'm saying Cole Holcomb is that guy, but yeah. not... he's not that good, but I'm not gonna hate on him too much. And then Davis, I can't he's a rookie, so I can't yeah. hate on him too much. But outside of that guy, Holcomb is not that good. Right. Yeah. I you have to hope for a step forward from Kalik Hudson, yeah. who uh they've been trying to use in a few different ways as well. Was a pretty decent player at Michigan. He played that Viper role. So he was a little bit of a tweener coming into the league. He has to find his niche. Has to find like his role on the defense. Uh good tackler though. I like I like Khalid Hudson. Um David Mayo, like you said, they brought back. He'll probably be just mostly a special teams guy. Uh, yeah. So he's definitely good depth. He's played in this league. He's been around. I think he was at the Cardinals last year. He's not good, but you know, if in a <laughs> pinch. Yeah. In a pinch, if you really need a linebacker, it's probably better him than who was it? Jordan Kunashik or whoever. Yeah, I mean, that. if so. you need a linebacker to suit up, then, but if you need a linebacker to play. Yeah. Uh, like Michael Kendricks was pretty bad at the end of last year in the two games we saw him, but, you know, he didn't really know the defense. I would expect a similar, like, a lost version of Michael Kendricks to look like a, a comfortable version of David Mayo, if that makes sense. So. It's not high expectations. Just kind of be a body, make a tackle when you really need to, and then you should be all right. But uh, he'll he'll be on special teams mostly. Um, D tackle, uh, the four we everybody expected, basically you know a uh, Pro Bowl room, and then like really good players. So John Allen, Deron Payne, Tim Settle, Matt Ioannidis, four studs. You know what you're getting out of these guys, and it's good. So, don't really need to discuss them any further. Right? Yeah, at all. All right. So, DNs. Uh, this one was a little interesting because they kept a lot of the guys we thought, but they swapped rookies because Shaka Tony, who, you know, hand up, I thought, I just didn't hear his name at all. So, I don't know if it was on the media or on us, but uh, just did heard nothing about Shaka Tony the entire time until cut down. Yeah. Uh, William Bradley King was released back on the practice squad already. Shaka Tony, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, James Smith Williams, Casey Tuhill is your D Andrew. So that probably means James Smith Williams and Casey Tuhill are your, you know, second option rotating in and out. Shaka Tony probably there for special teams because he's quick for a D end. So uh, he's not too big, too bulky. So, you know, just kind of have some kick coverage on, uh, on kickoffs and then some blocking on returns maybe. And uh, if you really need him, have made some plays at Penn State, but. Still probably struggles against, like, NFL linemen. So, yeah. Biggest shock there would just be William Bradley King being out. Yeah. He seemed to, like, his name came up a lot early in camp, and then he just kind of, like, faltered, and slowly you heard less and less about him. So, hopefully, you know, he's on the practice squad, still has room to grow, could rebound, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the move, it's not something I'm losing my sleep over again, but it definitely felt like a little bit of a shock just because I felt like practice-wise, media-wise, and just what I saw from preseason, I felt like William Bradley King did a little bit more, but I definitely think when it comes to being athletic and stuff, I think that Shaka Tony is a tad bit more athletic, but 
when you hear a guy like Ron and him kind of prioritize playmaking and guys going out there and doing these things, to me, I felt like William Bradley King checked those boxes more than Shaka Tony did. So when it came down to him being the one who made the roster, I was a little bit confused, but again, it seems like they have a plan and they're sticking to it. And we got the other rookie on the practice squad. And I don't really think you lose too much because if you're down to, you know, those guys anyway, you kind of, you obviously dealing with some things. I think we'll see more, like you said, James Smith Williams and Casey too. I don't really expect to see much of Tony. And if, you know, William Bradley King gets pushed up, I don't expect to see much of him either. I think it's really going to be the three, like James Smith Williams and the other two, kind of how it was with, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, and then we saw a little bit of uh, James Smith-Williams here and there. But for the most part, like I said, it was a bit of a shock, but it's not that big of a deal because they're kind of more or less the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like you said, not losing sleep over it. It's probably yeah. the 52nd, 53rd guy on the roster. So you're never going to be too angry. Got to look more at the uh, at the starters because that's going to make more of a difference. It's really in the case of injury, knock on wood again, that uh, you have to worry about those kind of guys. Uh, and even yeah, then, I mean, you can sign a veteran off the street usually. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And I was gonna say, as a whole, just kind of looking back on this fifty-three man, outside of we still got to talk about the special teams, but uh, I was just looking at it as a whole. None of these guys kind of made me lose sleep. Like I said, it was a little bit confusing. Some of the you know things made, but I think that we still got some ballers. And if we get to those positions where those you know kind of the question marks happen, I feel like we're kind of lost anyway. Right. So. It doesn't like, really matter. Yeah. It reminds me of when people were complaining that Mark Sanchez was our fourth quarterback. <laughs> like, uh, and it's like if you if you you're know. playing your fourth quarterback, good <laughs> things are not happening. Like, uh, and I mean, you got other worries. Yeah, and I mean, as bad as Mark Sanchez is, like for him to be a quarterback four, not to say it's a good thing, but it could be a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, Stephen Montez last year. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we had to play Stephen Montez in the game, I might have. Good luck in Detroit, by the way, uh, Stephen Montez. No, no good luck. <laughs> no <you>. good luck. <laughs> right. That's fine. Good luck from me. Three's fine. Uh, special teams. Last note, this, the three you expected. It's Dustin Hopkins, yeah. Tressway, Cam Cheeseman. The only real story there is uh, Eddie Pinheiro, kicker. I think he played for the Bears before. Yeah. He, uh, he can also punt. He was added to the practice squad. It doesn't seem like it's a competition, but it's more like yeah. if there's a COVID situation with Dustin Hopkins or Tresway, you can call him up and kind of fill that role. Yeah. And this is kind of another spot where I know the fan base hates Dustin Hopkins more, but it's kind of here or there with me. I feel like with the kicker position, it's kind of very hit or miss. And I think that, you know, the grass isn't always green on the other side. So as bad as Hopkins can be sometimes, I feel like, potentially bringing in another guy and just seeing some of these kickers across the league, I kind of feel like you're kind of getting more of the same. I do wish they would have tried a bit more to bring in some competition because the day that I went to training camp, Hopkins was really bad. Like he was missing kick after kick. So when I saw that, I'm like, okay, yeah, bring in competition. But overall, I think what a lot of people forget is you can bring in competition, but realistically it probably still would have ended up being Hopkins because like I said, a lot of these guys are more or less the same. I, I can't remember what's the guy who got, who just got dropped the other day. But even that was kind of a conversation where it's like, oh, bring him in. And when you look at the numbers, like Joey him and Sly? Hopkins were, yeah, him and Hopkins were damn near the same. So that's what I'm saying. Like, as bad as Hopkins is, like you bring in any of these retry kickers in the league, you're mm-hmm. kind of getting the same thing. So it's kind of like you take the guy you're familiar with and know that at these moments you might not be able to trust him. And that's kind of where the familiarity and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of knowing your team. And then maybe that's where Ron makes a play where I'm going to go for it rather than put them in that situation, knowing the type of kicker that you have. Right. But then you bring a new guy in this situation, you kind of get your hopes up and you don't completely know. And if you can make that play or not. So I feel like that's kind of where, I think that's what a lot of fans kind of take for granted and why Ron might be sticking with him. Because like I said, he might know like at this time, I know I can't trust him at this time. I can trust him a little bit more than I can trust that guy. And, you know, bringing in a whole nother guy who may do more of the same thing, but doesn't know the office and doesn't know some of these, you know, times where we might do this or that. It might just have been too much of a headache for him. But hopefully next year or throughout the season, they kind of ramp up the competition and maybe we see some things there. But as a whole, I just want Dustin Hopkins to have a good season. And I definitely think that it's going to be some times where he makes some poor plays, but mm-hmm. Hopefully he makes up for it and it's not too many bad plays and we don't lose any games because of his mistakes. But the last thing I'm going to say is I think as much as we may lose a game or two because of him, I think some of the other players on the team, it might be the same thing. So, right. I, I have one request of Dustin Hopkins. 
every kicker misses, as long as your misses are not memorable, that's yeah. usually a good thing. Can I we, should not yeah. remember the Bengals kick, <laughs> missed kick in overtime from six years ago. Yeah, but I, I do. Agree. I don't want to see stuff like that. If you yeah. are missing a random, you know, end of the first quarter, you miss a kick, it's fine. You still have the rest of the game to kind of make up for it. I don't want to see game winners missed. I don't want to see game tires missed. I just want it like the small, maybe like it's out of your range. You kick it a little short. That's acceptable. Yeah. Ron's probably not going to put you in that situation because uh, we saw it happen once in yeah. preseason and it did not go well. But just give me misses when they aren't memorable. So that's all I'm going to ask of Dustin <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think that that's a fair request. And to add on to that, I will kind of say just don't miss the easy ones. But like you said, I'd rather you miss that easy one in the first quarter than to miss that, you know, that that one that's going to win us the game or tie the game for us. But right. at the end of the day, uh, the last thing before the season starts, I just want to wish all these guys a healthy and, you know, prosperous season. And hopefully it's a fun season. You know, I have my reservations with some of these guys. But as a whole, I'm a Washington football team fan. And at the end of the day, all I want to do is see my team win. So, like I said, hopefully it's a healthy season. It's a fun season. And it's a good season. I don't want to see a situation with Ron. I hope that he's in good health and all the other coaches and just the players. I want to see all of them healthy. I don't want to see no guys on the injury reserve for a long time and just hopefully it's a fun season for fans too i don't you know right. i'm tired of the ups and downs i'm tired of the drama i want us to have a fun and good season it finally seems like despite you know still some of the bull crap and controversy that we deal with at times things are looking up so hopefully this is just another season that shows that improves that and i'm excited to see how this team performs and for me i don't have my expectations as high as others only expectation i really have high is for the defense but Mm-hmm. As a whole, I'm just kind of excited to see how things progress and to see some of these guys live. Like, I can't wait to see Justin Herbert uh, live. I can't wait to see Chase Young and Montez live again. Uh, can't wait to see De'Ami Brown. Maybe he gets the start. Can't wait to see, you know, what these guys do. But like I said, more than anything, I just want a healthy and fun season. Agreed. And uh, I'm very excited because we get to talk about an actual regular season football game for the first time like so in Chasing the Chip history next week. Uh, I'm excited. I know, I'm excited to meet Dre in person for the first time. Yes, come Sunday. So crazy! Like we've been friends for like two years now, just off Twitter. We right. all have a whole podcast together, and we've never, never met in met. person. So that that's gonna be fun to finally get that done Sunday. I don't know. And if I'm, I I'm telling you all in advance: if you're on this podcast next week and you make any jokes about my <laughs> height, I'm timing you out. I'm timing hey. you out. Yeah. No, no, no. You'll get you'll get a you'll get a two day ban. <laughs> we'll take care of you, Dre. Uh, I don't know if you, like, I think I sent this to the chat, but I won two tickets from the official team yeah. account as well. That's pretty cool. I don't know what so I'm going to do with them. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. We're going to talk about real football. We're going to see real football. And we get to experience real football for the first time in a while. You know, last year was fun, but nobody was there. It's always different yeah. with a crowd. Football's always different with a crowd. I think we're in for a fun season. So I want to end yeah, off with this dream. I want a game one prediction, score and everything. So, oh, man. I'll go first. I'll give you some yeah, time to think. It. I am going to say it's going to be – I also want to hear who the touchdowns are from, if they aren't from anybody. I'm going to say 21-14, Washington. Uh, no, let's go 24, uh, 24-14 because I want Dustin Hopkins field goal in there too. I think we get an Antonio Gibson touchdown, a Terry McLaurin touchdown, and an Adam Humphreys touchdown. No, Logan Thomas, sorry. Scratch out uh, Terry McLaurin, throw on Logan Thomas. So, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas. Uh, what the fuck did I just say? <laughs> Humphreys, Humphreys. Uh, <laughs> and then the Dustin Hopkins field goal. For yeah. the Chargers, I think it'll be a Keenan Allen touch, two, two Keenan Allen touchdowns. Keep it simple. Uh, I'll say 24-21. I think the game's going to be closer. Than expected just because Keenan Allen is Keenan Allen, just because Justin Herbert is that guy. But uh, I think, and, and we kind of get the nod. I think it's going to be a slightly more uh, messy win or game period than people kind of anticipate. But uh, I'll say 24 21 or, or around at least around that. And um, I'll say Antonio Gibson scores. I don't know for sure if Terry scores, but I think for sure Logan and uh, Gibson score. So that's my pick. And then for um, 
the Chargers, the three touchdowns that I have them, or even 24-17, something around there. It's going to be three touchdowns for them, a two and a field goal, or two and two field goals, something like that. But I definitely think Keelan Allen scores, scores, and I won't be surprised if Mike Williams score, just because sometimes we kind of let those wide receiver twos and those kind of guys kind of show up and show out. And another guy who I won't be surprised if he scores is Derek Cook, just because tight ends kind of give us that work. Hopefully with Landon Collins. I believe in Cam Curl. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully with Landon and uh, Curl down there, they kind of lock them up, but I a hundred percent won't be surprised, but yeah, 24, 21 or 21, 24, 17. That's my pick 24, 21 or 24, 17, something around that. All right. We're both predicting two and zero from Ron Rivera on home open on opening. Well, games. I didn't say all that. No, just, just <laughs> all right. Well, this would be this would make him two and zero. Yeah. Home openers, <laughs> which would be a great way to uh, start off the season. And I'm looking forward to the season. Uh, no Dre is. So with that, get excited, and we'll see you next week after talking about an actual football game. Oh yeah, one last thing. Um, y'all already met him, but. Shout out to the new uh, Chasing the Chip and Phantom Edition. Weezy, you know, y'all can go follow him. My boy Wayne. At your boy Wayne. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Thank you guys for all the support, and we'll see you next week. Appreciate you. Uh, Be sure to follow us on all socials, at Chasing Chip on Twitter, at Chasing the Chip on Instagram, uh, at Phantom Sports Net on Twitter, at Phantom Sports Network on Twitch and Instagram. Uh, Be sure to follow our personals, which we mentioned earlier in the show, at Dree the Plug for Dree, at The Moe's for me. And, uh, yeah, with that, see you. You later. Peace.